Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to the Everything USC podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles's number one sports podcast network, the only place with the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our teams. Do you believe? I'm Nara Wang, and in episode 22, we're going to talk USC women's basketball with a coach and a player from the Women of Troy squad that is, as we record this show, currently 10-10 and on the season, 8-9 and in Pac-12 play, with the regular season finale coming up on Friday, February 26th at the Crosstown Rival Bruins before going to Las Vegas next week for the Pac-12 tournament. My first guest is in her fourth season on the team's coaching staff and second as an associate head coach and also played for the Trojans from 2007 through 2010, Erica Hughes. Erica, it's a pleasure to have you on the Everything USC podcast. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. And if you enjoy listening to the show, please subscribe and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and more. Or go to the website Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and on social media at Believe Podcasts. My Twitter, if you want to reach out to me, is at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. Erica, any social media for you or the team or anything you want to promote? Get it out there right now. Yes, we'd love to have you guys follow us. Our team handle for both IG and Twitter is USCWBB. That's both IG and Twitter, just to follow our team, get some cool stories with us. And then, of course, check out all the day-to-day aspects that our kids go through and any of the social messaging that we have per our program. It'd be great to have you guys follow. The Everything USC podcast is brought to you by Bet Online. Football might be over, but the NBA, NHL, and college hoops are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. Are the Lakers going to repeat as NBA champs? Can USC do some damage in the big dance? If you feel you know the answers, those are just a couple of the things you can bet on at BetOnline. BetOnline even covers television, including award shows and reality TV. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds on almost anything you can imagine. And of course, the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Before we get into how the team's season has gone, Erica, I'd like to talk a little bit about your relationship with head coach Mark Track, because you played for him at USC in his first stint as head coach for the Women of Troy, and then you've gone on to be an assistant for him at both New Mexico State and now with SC. How has he impacted your career as both a player and a coach? Coach Track, as I believe a lot of his former players would attest to, is a great human being and has a great moral compass. So being someone that was recruited by him and his staff, Jody Wynn, Derek Wynn, Kai Felton, who are now all in the Pac-12 as well underneath Coach Track's coaching tree, they provided a sense of family, a sense of 
right and wrong. And I think it was really easy for my parents to allow me to go further away when joining the USC Trojan family underneath Mark Track. And he's continued to instill being a good person and leading with character and integrity and loyalty. Those are big things that he's taught me along my career and also telling me how to be a fierce woman in my position, understanding that empowering me and challenging me just as much as he did out on the floor as a coach. It's really helped me grow. And my parents say at this point, I've spent just as much time with him growing in my late teens into early adulthood. And now I'm a little bit older, so I don't like to admit now. They've really seen me grow underneath him. And it was, it's really special for my family, especially I spend so much time as most coaches know with your environments here, being a, a coach on any sport. So knowing that you're around someone that you consider family when they recruited me that staff recruited me initially to come in and to have someone pour into you more than just a coach means a lot. And he's been able to do that. Like I said, from age 16 to me now being 33 years old, I really thank him for a lot of the life lessons along the way. And again, just instilling that fierce, you know, independence, always say what you think. He's been a huge supporter for me in that way as I've grown over the last 12 to 15 years. It is pretty amazing that you spent virtually half your life in some kind of relationship with Coach Track. So what is the difference, though, between being a player under Coach Track and now being an assistant coach under him? I think it's that peer bond. So you go from being, I think parents deal with this too, a lot, right? Where you go from, I'm eight to nine to 10, where are you really going to tell me you're going to help shape me? And then you get to that point where your children grow into their 20s and they start to make decisions for themselves in their late 20s and be, they become who they are. And then now it's more of a peer relationship. So growing into that friendship with Coach Track and understanding that he's also preparing me to be a head coach as the next step in my career, I think it's been really fun with us getting to know each other that way. Your coaching and your player relationship is always, I think, a fiery one if you do it right. One where you are wedged in stone through fire. Coach Track talks a lot about that, the organic process of when you get on campus and you have to go through good and bad and ugly that actually bond you together when you're patient enough with both of you. So at this point in my life, looking at the completion of our relationship and where it's at now versus back when I was 18 years old. It's been awesome. He's been very, very patient with me, Nara, very patient, and I'm very thankful. But I think the coolest part about it is really growing into having a lifelong friend at this point in my career. You bring up an interesting point. So I just want to find out, is there one thing that maybe when you were a player, you chafed at or you didn't understand why he was doing something the way he did? And now you totally get it as a coach. Oh, man. There's, I don't know if you want to go back this far, but I think on my Facebook page, it was my second year of coaching. Maybe I had just finished my first year of coaching, so I would have been 22, 23 years old. And I posted a Facebook tribute to all of my college coaches. And I just, I said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> I had no idea how hard this was. I didn't understand. It did not makes sense to me that when you weren't on the court with us, that you were doing other things and 80% of your day was going to be those other things. And the finished product were the three hours that we saw them out on the floor. It is so much harder. And the people that are truly good at their jobs, like Mark Track and Jody and Derek and Kai, and these other amazing, phenomenal coaches in our business, especially in the PAC 12, 
they spend so much time and it's constantly learning, Nara. It's looking at how they can get better every single day and looking inward. And that's something that I believe Coach Track has been able to do over the many years that he's been a coach. Whether Brea, Pepperdine, USC, New Mexico State, and here a second time, he's continued to evolve as a leader, as a mentor, as a coach. And so I think getting back to your initial question, it's me not really understanding that all of this work went into what I now feel out on the floor. And so, like I said, if you want to go have some fun digging, I'm sure my tribute's still up there on my Facebook page, but that was one of those things. You don't realize it until you're on the other side of it as a player. There you go, everyone. If you want to find a little deep dive into Coach Erica Hughes, go find that post from her second year or at the end of her first year of being a coach. So... Obviously, this past year has tested everybody in so many ways. From the coaching perspective, let's take it back a year. Last season looked like USC is going to go into the postseason with a winning record, some momentum, and then everything is shut down by the COVID-19 pandemic. And so take me back to when that happens and then transitioning into how to prepare for an uncertain season. Looking at how we ended last year and what kind of threw us into this season, I got to say that this bunch is super resilient. This was so tough to be robbed of that situation. And I speak knowing that other people have gone through way more loss in the world. because I do think that the pandemic did put things in perspective and that's the way that we looked at it with our bunch. But let's key in and hone in on this specific situation as you asked. It was deflating in some ways where you finally feel that our program could probably ride the momentum that we had had, the creation from the style of basketball to having seven freshmen along with two transfers come in to really work hard on chemistry and then to not see that out postseason. I think that our kids were a little disappointed in that. I know our program was as well. And clearly, like I said before, A lot of people lost out on a lot of opportunities that are bigger than basketball. But then you look at how we had to walk into this next season. There was a lot of restrictions because of our county. There's a lot of preventative measures just because of the location of where we were at, along with weather issues when we first came back. We really had to have a lot of focus and intentional workouts, and we did what we could with the time that we had. But we struggled a lot. And I think a lot of that, when you have to fight so hard just to be here, I think that can fuel you and that also can turn into something that's going to push you throughout the season is understanding that you've gotten this far. Let's continue to push through and ride through. Every game is different. Every practice is different. But then, of course, as you know, following our program, we also had some injuries that went ahead and blended its way in along with COVID, along with adding new freshmen, along with not having access to facilities and being able to work out the way that we normally would. So To get to where we are right now, I have to say that I'm proud of our team. I know Coach Track is proud of our team. I know we wish that, you know, certain games you want to win and certain games you want to play better. But overall, this whole year has been about how are we treating each other? How are we treating people around us? What are we going to look back at in this year with so much struggle and so much adversity? How did we get through it? So that's really what we're focused on. And that's been kind of the motto throughout this season. Yeah, and you bring up the fact that there were interruptions in the schedule and the fact that everything's kind of been disjointed and so many injuries to the team. Five of the players at the start of the season were not available. And so assistant coaches have to help out in these practices and sometimes they even get hurt. Tell me a little bit about the stories behind that. Sometimes they do, Nara. And I was, when I played, 
I had some ailing injuries, but I was very blessed enough to not have anything super serious where I would require surgery. And this year I decided to test that. At 33 years old, I got my first serious knee injury, which was, you know, I pretty much fractured my knee. And that was rough. That was really hard for me in general to go through something like that when you're in a leadership position and you're out on the floor and you're active. I got to relate a lot to my players. If you have five kids that are out and I'm also in a knee brace on crutches, you gain different perspectives. And I'll go back to the earlier statement that Mark Chuck has done such a great job of reinventing himself or looking at himself and growing and finding ways to get better. And this is one of those opportunities where I think I was really frustrated at moments and I had to look at it as this is an opportunity for me to grow. It's an opportunity for me to grow with my team and relate to them a little bit better and understanding what they're going through and looking at it from that angle versus I have to sit on the sidelines with a handheld whistle and a mask on and my leg propped up on the chair. That wasn't Those days weren't fun, but I do know that this group was worth it. I didn't miss a practice. I traveled, I think two days after I found out I broke my knee and it was to be around those kids. And they showed so much love and so much support for me, which was amazing because that's the type of person that we recruit here at USC, which is a great reflection of them. But as you stated earlier, it is a distraction. It's hard. It's hard to get through an already impossible situation where you have five players out and an associate head coach who's very limited in what she can do. So that was, I didn't even think to add that on top of it. (laughs) That was also hard for us as well. Yeah. It's pretty amazing when the injury bug even hits the coaches. That's how tough it's been for your squad this season. So let's talk a little bit about it. 500 record right now, a lot of ups, a lot of downs coming off of now two blowout losses at home against the Oregon schools. When that's happening, how do you as coaches keep the players engaged and the morale up? I think the big thing when you come off of big wins, I think we found a way to grind out our win against a very, very good, tough Washington team up in Seattle. And then to play beautiful basketball. I'm talking about beautiful basketball at Washington State. And to feel that high when you come out of that, you know, out of that locker room, everything was worth it that week to then go up to Colorado and and lose a tough one to then rally back and to find a way to be Utah. That stretch for us, I felt like we grew. And looking at the current situation this last week, I don't necessarily know if our kids really believed. And by that, I don't mean that they didn't believe in each other. It was just those, when you get to a point where you are as a program, extremely confident when you step out on the floor and who you are. I believe that you can beat anybody. And we talked a lot about where our intention was for those games. Um, We practiced the same. We did, you know, some things to adjust because of how well both the organs could shoot, which means we couldn't zone much, but we talked about, you know, man-to-man defense. We, like I said, practiced the same, went over things. What was the difference other than the opponent? And you have to have a sense of confidence going into those games. And and it's part of the mental aspect of things where it's February 24th. There's no more conditioning that you're going to do at this point in the season. There's things that you can do strategically, but for the most part, you are who you are at this point in the season. And for our team, I think it's still that maturity of really trusting that we have enough on our team. Going back to saying that you had some kids at some point and you didn't have some kids. We've had an ever revolving roster of 
starters or people that have contributed in games. And even though that can be seen as a strength, it can also be as a weakness as well. When things go wrong, who's supposed to be stepping up in those moments? And I think that it was really challenging for our group this last weekend to see beyond the mountain that was in front of them. And we talked a lot about that. And they are by no means ready for this season to be over. Coming up this weekend, we have a huge matchup with a very, very well-coached, hardworking Bruin team. And we've all committed. Our kids kind of regrouped uh, along with the coaching staff. And there's nothing else that matters right now. Our focus is this Friday game. We respect everyone that we play, but we can't fear anyone because we also know that we're talented as well, too. And to respect the game, you have to go out and you have to compete. And that's what we're really focused on. So getting their focus back on that, back on who they are, what they've accomplished thus far, and really believing in themselves is where you go after a weekend that we had, you know, a couple days ago. Again, I am joined today on the Everything USC podcast by associate head coach for the USC women's basketball team, Erica Hughes. If you enjoy listening to the podcast, you can find it wherever you subscribe and rate your podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn, or go to our website, Believe.com, which is B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media, at Believe Podcasts. For me, you can find and follow me on Twitter, at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G sports. Erica, would you like to throw out the USC women's basketball Twitter and IG for everyone to follow? Yep. USCWBB. Pretty simple. Everyone get out there and find and follow them as well. And of course, you were talking about the UCLA matchup coming up on Friday at 5 p.m. over in Westwood at Poly Pavilion. In the fourth game of the season, it was a 73-52 loss at Galen Center. How does USC turn it around, get a better result this time around? I think it's focusing on on what it is that we can do and what we can impose on the opponent. And right now we have to look at what our weaknesses in UCLA and what are advantages that we can capitalize on. And then also looking at what they do well and trying to minimize those things. Uh, UCLA has proven in the last few years to be at the top of the conference, along with being highly ranked. And that's a great challenge for us. We have the same expectations, especially in the same city with an amazing administration and a focus on USC women's basketball in general. So our kids understand that there is a lot behind these games and these matchups. I do think that our kids understand the rivalry, which is always fun. It's always a great competitive day whenever Bruins and Trojans match up with one another. But the biggest thing is going to be us following the game plan and relaxing a little bit on offense so those shots fall, but really paying attention and committing to what it is that we're supposed to be taking away. And then taking it four minutes by four minutes, Coach Strike likes to break things up in chunks. Whether you're ahead, you're behind, you're tied, you focus on what you can control in that moment. You don't look too far ahead. You don't look too far behind. We have to keep trucking and keeping our players focused on the main goals. And those are, you know, off of the scouting report, things that we've seen to give us the best chance of winning this game. So I think the commitment, the belief, and then also just being focused and dialed in on this is what we're going to do. And we're going to impose our will on another team, and it just happens to be the ones down the street. So that's the focus for this week. And then after that, of course, it's going to be going to Las Vegas, but this game was originally scheduled for a Sunday, got moved up to Friday. Was it to give more time to prepare for the Pac-12 tournament? Was that the thinking behind that? Yes. Yes, it was on both teams, just because of when we would want to leave to take off. They moved the 
conference tournament up a day. So since neither one of us had a game, we thought we would make it so we had more time to recover and then prepare for Vegas. That makes a lot of sense. And of course, going to Las Vegas to play in the Pac-12 tournament is always an exciting thing to cap off a season, especially with this season where things have been kind of up and down. It gives you an opportunity to try and make a run and do something special. But this Pac-12 has so many good teams, so many good players, so many good coaches like you've talked about. What is the mindset that the women of Troy have to take going into Las Vegas after this UCLA game, regardless of what happens? It's together, being together. They have to understand that being a Trojan is so much more. When you commit to USC, we talk about a feeling. And as you stated before, clearly people know on this podcast that I am a Trojan. I bleed cardinal and gold. It's a thing. You know, if you've graduated from this university, you know what I'm talking about. If you didn't, you know, that's why people are jealous of us half the time. Just kidding. <laughs> but it's it's a thing. So to me, it's embodying what it is to be a Trojan. And that's always been to fight. It's always been together. It's always to come out and play our brand of basketball and to do it the way that we're going to do it. There's no room for quit. There's no room for defeat. There's no room for any of that. So if you don't have that mindset that we're going to be us and we're going to come in and we're going to come at you every possession, and regardless of what that score says at the end of the day, you're going to have felt us, then I think that we're going to be just fine. And I think that we're going to be able to go out there and play like people expect us to play. Like you said earlier, and like we've talked about over this podcast, it's the inconsistencies of being available, having people in practice, whether COVID has affected us or not. I think that's with a young team like this, who again, the majority of our team is sophomores. So the maturity levels, understanding, the overall development IQ wise for our kids, there's still a lot of room to grow, which is really exciting as coaches that we get a chance to develop these young women. And I think that's something that we are all looking forward to in an off season to get to expand on people's skill sets. But the biggest thing that we're going to have to have is a mentality of we are going in to compete and we are going to do it together and we're going to do it our way. That's the focal point going into the tournament. And finally, I want to talk a little bit about the future because this year, no one loses any eligibility. Everyone can come back, even the grad transfer Jordan Sanders from UC Irvine, who has done so great for this squad. If she wants to come back, she can next year. And you're adding two McDonald's high school All-Americans. Let's talk about them as well and the future. The future is bright for USC women's basketball. When you have a good group of kids that value each other as human beings first and all played huge roles as to why each and every one of them are actually on the roster, our players actually recruit really well. I know that we attest it to the coaches and we have an amazing school and a location that matters, but if you don't have a good connection with the team, not a lot of these high school kids are going to want to come and join your squad. So I test our recruiting to our players and then of course our leader. But looking at Rhea Marshall and Clarice, they sure give us some length. They give us some athleticism. Both of them are talented. Both of them are versatile. They add a different dimension in what we're going to be able to do defensively and offensively. And then, like you said, just with the returning of a lot of players, getting a chance to coach Jordan Sanders another year, I'm not complaining about it at all. (laughs) She's a fantastic athlete. And I think, you know, getting an opportunity as a grad student to come in and only get a year after you've maybe been at a place where you've developed habits from another school for three or four years. I think for her to have a redo and to come back again and actually know what we're talking about and it becoming more of a, okay, I know what this is. I think that you're going to see her settle in even more so the following year when she's out there. And then 
you know, a lot of our players just didn't have the prep time for this season. So getting a lot of players like Alyssa Peely and Allison Mira and, you know, Shalexis Aaron, getting them acclimated in the off season, along with our additions, I think is only going to make us a stronger team. And we'll be able to figure out what works for us a lot sooner in the season as well, because we'll know a rotation, we'll have healthy bodies. I would definitely will say going up at the starting of the season, when you have six to seven players in the gym, walking in next season in August and knowing that we have 16, it's going to be a huge difference in practice. Let me tell you, big time. For sure. And hopefully we will not be dealing with any of this crazy COVID stuff next season. We can have a more normal season where everyone gets to prepare and go into it in a usual fashion. And again, everything has changed. I'm sure there'll be some things that you do the same as we're doing now, like these Zoom meetings that everyone has. But hopefully next year, it'll be a more normal basketball season. So thank you so much, Coach Erica Hughes of the USC women's basketball team and associate head coach for the last couple of years, fourth year on staff with SC, a former Trojan player as well. And the last little thing I got, because my player guest today is going to be Shalexis Aaron, and she jumped you for the fifth spot in the highest three-point percentage in a season in USC history. Do you get a little salty about that, or do you two go back and forth about that? Never. No, (laughs) I I very rarely know my individual stats and my kids. Coach Chuck likes to embarrass me when he gets a moment, but I am so proud of any accomplishments that our kids get, and I want them to be 20 times better than me in anything that I do because they're the future. And I'm really proud of Shalexis for what she's done and how much she's battled and gotten on the floor. But I was super proud of her. Yeah, but you were before your time. You were a big that was shooting outside, right? I mean, I want to give you some credit, Erica. You were ahead of your time. Thank you. Thank you. Nara. I, you know, when I was in high school, I was a wing. I was very, very fortunate. I was on a team where the smallest player in our starting five was 5'11". And she was our point guard. And I got to play with amazing bigs and another long wing. And all our starting five went to Pac-12 schools. So for me, the competition from high school prepped me for this level. And I got a chance to be on the perimeter a little bit more. So I was used to it by the time I got to college. And like you're saying, it was a little bit before longer players were out there stretching the defense. So I had some fun back in the day, for sure. Erica, enjoyed talking to you so much. Hope to do it again. And best of luck against UCLA and in the Pac-12 tournament. Anytime. Thank you so much for having me. Appreciate everything. You guys go out and follow Nara. He's an amazing host. And thank you for, you know, boring yourself with me for a little bit. I appreciate it. Never boring at all. Thank you, Erica. Thanks. Take care. Hi, this is Mike Yam, studio host for Pac-12 Radio on Sirius XM Radio. And you're listening to the Everything USC podcast with Nara Wang on the Believe Podcast Network. My second guest for Episode 22 of the Everything USC podcast is a redshirt sophomore guard for the women of Troy, averaging over seven points a game and making 39.5% of her three-point shots this season, and is also a team captain, Shalexis Aaron. Shalexis, thanks for taking the time to join me on the show. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on here. And of course, if you enjoy listening to the Everything USC podcast, you can subscribe and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Luminary, TuneIn, and more, or go to the website Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, on social media at Believe Podcasts. For me, you can find and follow me on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports. That's N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. 
Shalexis, any social media you want to get out there, get some new followers for you or the team? Yeah, my social media, my Twitter is at Shalexis, so at S-H-A-L-E-X-X-U-S. Then my Instagram is at Shalexis underscore Aaron, so just S-H-A-L-E-X-X-U-S underscore A-A-R-O-N. So I just had associate head coach Erica Hughes on to give the coaching perspective of this season. Now I want to get into it with you from the player side of things. First off, how sure or unsure were you before the season about the chances of even getting to play basketball with the coronavirus pandemic going on? Well, before I was very unsure just because it was new to everybody, literally everybody around the world. When they shut down sports, we had no idea when we'll be able to come back. We had no idea when COVID was going to end. We had no idea if like, honestly, if sports would ever be able to come back on because they shut it down nationally. So we were very unsure that the thing we could only do was hope and pray and to stay positive throughout the process. But at the beginning, it was very unsure and it was very unsettling. And how do you think the various interruptions due to all the stops and starts of when the season's going to play out and everything like that, how have they affected the team? Well, throughout the whole process, our team actually stayed together. You know, we stayed in communication with each other. We talked it out. We kept each other up, stayed positive. We were just affected the team because we really, really miss each other. You know, we're really close on and off the court. In ways that it affected was probably the incoming freshmen. You know, they didn't get to have that college experience during the summer. They didn't get to have just that connection we get to have on them with campus when they first come to campus. But all throughout the process, we stayed positive. We just love basketball so much. In that way, it affected us because we were just really, really scared and unsure if we'll get to play with each other this season. How do you feel the protocols have worked to keep you guys safe and healthy? The protocols are good. Our team has followed them really, really well. We haven't had any hiccups this season, so we're very grateful for that. We follow them, wearing a mask, staying six feet apart, always washing your hands. The protocols have worked really well. I mean, they sanitize. Galen Center staff is doing a very, very good job of that. Our team is doing a very good job of that. And so, so far, it's done us really good, and we're able to compete every week. That's very good to hear, and that's obviously the number one concern is to make sure everyone stays safe and healthy. But coming into the season, obviously last year, you didn't get to play due to injury. We'll go into that a little bit more in a little bit. But coming into this season, after a successful last season where the team was headed toward a postseason berth, what were you expecting this team to be? And being at 500 now, is it a disappointment? What are your thoughts on that? It's not a disappointment. I'm always proud of my team. So the thing is with this season is that there's just so much adversity at hand. There's so many different things and obstacles that we had to overcome and face. And we did a really, really good job of that. And I'm actually proud of that because we climbed over that. And to have the results that we have now under the circumstances that we had is actually impressive. Our team is young. We have really good freshmen. We have Zayla. We have Amaya. We have Jordan Jenkins. You know, our team is still young and we're still finding our foot and our flow and our chemistry of that. And with COVID and not having that extra time to find that full team chemistry, did put a ding a little bit into the team. But as far as everything that we're handling pretty well, I don't have any doubts and I don't have any worries about how good our team is and how much better our team will be. And injuries have been a big 
storyline for this Women of Troy squad this season. You and Alyssa Peely, Allison Mira were Mm -hmm. among the people who got delayed starts to the season because of injury. Tell me how tough it's been for this team to have so many injuries this season. Absolutely. It's been very tough because every single one of us play a huge, extremely huge part of our team and our team's success. I mean, Elsa Peely, a beast right off the bat, you know, she sprained her ankle. in one of our practices playing hard and now she recovered and she's coming back. Allison Muir, one of the smartest basketball players I think I've ever played with and talented basketball players, you know, she had multiple knee surgeries. And, you know, a lot of people don't know that when you're injured in the process that you have to go through, it's a really tough thing to do. And especially to come in in the middle of the season and just not having all the resources you have or not be able to get in extra gym time because, you know, COVID protocols and stuff like that, all of that plays a part in your process of coming back as a basketball player. And as far as the team, it took a huge hit. But one thing the team did was they held it down. You know, whenever someone was injured, we had somebody stepping up. We had somebody stepping up to the plate and saying, hey, you know, this person's injured. But as a team, we're still good enough to go out there and compete and to go out there and to win games. And, you know, with myself, you know, I've had a lot of injuries, but our team has handled it good. Really proud of them. But, you know, we're at our best when everybody's on the court right now. We're missing Zayla Tenner and she's a huge asset. She's a very, very, very good guard, very good basketball player. And when we get her back, it's going to be it's going to be some good stuff. I can't wait. Yeah, it would have been nice to see this team fully healthy from the beginning, everyone ready to go. But unfortunately, that has not been the case. And unfortunately, injuries have been a theme for you throughout your career, even going back to high school. Can you just let everyone know the major injuries you suffered since high school to let everyone know how hard it's been for you to just get to the level you're at? Yeah, so my freshman summer, going into my sophomore year of high school, I tore my ACL. It was the first time I had a super, super big major injury. I knew right off the bat that something was extremely wrong. And I got my surgery done. Dr. G, great doctor, got me back, did rehab at Seattle Children's Hospital, got back to it and was able to come back and compete. Then my senior high school, I tore my other ACL. And it's crazy because both ACLs happened off of contact. So I tore my other ACL just at the end of the season. We had a great season. It was the semifinals into the championship game to get a ring tore my ACL and one of our other starters tore ACL. And then, so came into college, rehab, got that together. Then I end up having a cyclops. And what a cyclops is, is that when there's a whole bunch of scar tissue built up in your knee, it doesn't allow you to have any flexion or extension. So they had to go back in that same knee. So I'd have another surgery and they had to clean that out. So that happened. So in 2018, I got to play my freshman year. Redshirted my true freshman year. 2018, I got to play that whole season. And then the next season, which was last year, I broke my foot just the day before our first scrimmage, you know, just a freak accident, no contact. It just, at first I thought it was really sore. So I was changing my shoes. I was like, oh, okay. You know, it's changing my shoes. Maybe it's my shoes, but no, I just stepped and then it broke. And then I had to have surgery with that. They had to put a screw in to repair that. And then, so got healthy, sat out, redshirted last season. And then we're getting into this season with COVID. Unfortunately, in between my physical therapy process with my foot, COVID hit. So I had to adjust. And that was a really, really big adjustment for that because I was kind of worried because I just didn't have all the resources at home that I do at USC and my athletic trainer. Then we get back to school and then we're able to find out we have a season. We're able to work out doing good. And in October, I had to get another knee surgery because there was 
little fragments of scar tissue floating around my knee, which caused enormous amount of swelling and pain. And the doctor was telling me that it was it would be a very bad idea to play with it. You know, I wouldn't be 100%. It would be painful. I just wouldn't be able to move the way I wanted to if I didn't get it. So I got that surgery. So I rehabbed and recovered from that. And then when I recovered from that, sprained my ankle about a couple of weeks after I got cleared. And so throughout this whole season, throughout the whole process, it's been really tough, you know, just feeling like I'm getting so close to playing the game I love. And then something happens that you have no control over. It's a really tough thing to handle. But, you know, my family and my trainer, you know, they got me through those things. And I've, I experienced a lot of just trauma with injuries and knowing how to deal with it. It does weigh on you. But, you know, I've seen a lot of positivities of there's a reason why I'm going through this. And I know I have enough strength within myself to get through something like this. Sometimes it sucks when you see, you know, your teammates playing because you want to be out there so much. And you see people you compete against having fun. And then, like, you see the social media stuff and everybody's like, season starting. You don't get to start. You don't get to play. And all that takes into account how the recovery process is and how tough that is. But my family's really, really got, really got me through. And I'm just grateful to be back on the court, to be able to play. Because I know back in the day when you tore an ACL, your season was over. So it's been a tough process, but I'm really grateful that I'm back out here. It is amazing all the stuff that you've had to deal with. And it shows how much you love the game to keep fighting back and keep coming back for more and trying to get out there, help your team out. And you mentioned your family is big. Obviously, a lot of people know if they're Trojan fans that your brother Shaquan is a former USC men's basketball player. And he was here for his junior and senior years during your first two years at USC. How did having him around help you, especially you were coming off of injury too? Well, when I first got here on campus, I was the only freshman on the team and the coaching staff. They were new, so they didn't really they were new to everything too as well. So they were trying to figure some things out. And so when I was the only freshman, I was a little bit of like the lone star. I didn't really know my way around. And so my brother was there and he would show me everything. He would take me around campus, introduce me to everybody, take me to all the places. So he's actually my rock. I wouldn't be able to do anything without him, especially during my injuries. When I first got here, he's always one would I have a tough physical therapy day or I would have a tough you know, like my first day of practice back, I can't move as fast as I want to. Like my mind would be on the same speed as everybody else is moving, but my body wouldn't be on the same speed. So, you know, he would always take me into the gym, always teach me what I need to do to get better, what I need to do to get stronger, faster. And he was always just there, always there. He taught me everything I know in basketball. And especially with my injuries, he'd always tell me, you know, what you're going through now doesn't last forever. And, you know, it's really, it's tough in the process. It seems like it's long. It seems like it will last forever. But when you can just keep working and just keep going, you trust me, you always say, trust me, you go, your time is going to come. And when it does, you're going to be ready. So having my brother here with me in college was such a huge blessing. I miss him. I wish he was still here. <laughs> I miss him so much. And he was just my rock here at USC. Whenever I needed something, he was here. Whenever he needed something, I was there. We're just two super close siblings that I'm super grateful that I got those two years with him. And what is Shaquan up to now? Is he still playing basketball somewhere? Oh, yes. He's still playing basketball. He is training to play in the G League right now. So he's going up there to achieve his dreams. So he's still playing basketball right now. He's training with his trainer. You're ready for the G League. I know the G League has certain rules where, like, if you're on a team last year, you can only be on a team this year because of COVID and protocols and stuff. They didn't want too many people 
to try out and everything like that. But he is training right now for the G League. That's great. Yeah, the G League is, of course, doing a bubble type thing out there in Florida. And the other thing that you two have in common is that you both wear the number zero. So why is it a Shaquan and Shalexis Aaron deal to wear the number zero? Yeah, before Shaq's number used to be 21 and mine just used to be zero. I just loved zero since I was little because it was like before a lot of people didn't wear the number zero. And I was like, okay, zero is like the unknown. So like when I'm on the court is the unknown. I know super cheesy, super corny. I was super little <laughs> when, I, when I thought about that. But, you know, he when he got here, he wanted to have, you know, new journey, new start, new number. And remember, we had this conversation. And he asked me, he was like, how would you feel as I was number zero? And I was like, are you kidding me? Why is that even a question? I would love if you rock number zero. We rock number zero together. And he was just like, you know, just seeing you and just being, you know, even though you're my little sister, you've just, you're an inspiration to me. And so like, that's how that conversation came about. And like, we just both rocked it together. I said, okay, hey, we could be the unknown together. Two double unknowns. Nobody can hold that, you know, <laughs> just out of all jokes. But he was just like, yeah, I want to rock the number that you have so we can both be the same number together in college. And so he went with it. I went with it. And I think he's going to stick with it in the future, too. So that was just a really cool thing we had. That's great. I mean, it just shows the bond between the two of you and the fact that it is really a distinctive number. Like you said, not a lot of people wear the number zero. It's starting to maybe get a little bit more popular now. But you guys rocking the zero together is such a great thing. So, Shalexis, let's talk about the big game coming up against the 10th-ranked UCLA Bruins, the big crosstown rivals. It's going to be at Poly Pavilion at 5 o'clock on Friday, February 26th. And obviously, the first matchup at Galen Center did not go the way you wanted it to. It was just the fourth game of the season. What's it going to take to try and beat the Bruins on their home floor on Friday? Yeah, absolutely. And UCLA is a great team. What it's going to take for us is to play USC basketball. We all have to come in there together and ready to play. UCLA is aggressive. They pressure a lot. You know, they're a good team. They have really, really talented players. They're in sync with each other. We have to go out there knowing how they play, knowing the scout, going in there confident, going in there knowing that it's an equal game across the board and that we have the same amount of percentage of chance to win as they do. No difference. We're USC. We are talented. One of the most talented teams. Impactful of my thought. And so we have to just stay locked in, stay focused throughout this week of practice, know our scout, and most of, if anything, have fun. But most of all, just play USC basketball. Play like how we play. We play like how we play and take care of the other things and other little things. And it'll be one hell of a game. Yeah, we're all looking forward to that. And obviously, then next week is going to be the Pac-12 tournament in Las Vegas. And I want to talk to you about how tough is this Pac-12? So many good teams. You got three in the top 10 with Stanford, Arizona, and UCLA. The Oregon schools have been good the last few years. The Mountain schools will bring it. And the Washington schools, I mean, they're tough too. It's just there's no easy games in the Pac-12. Absolutely. Every single team in the Pac-12 is good. On any given night, anybody can be anybody. You don't know who's going to win, who's going to show up. Every single Pac-12 team is so talented. It's why Pac-12 is one of the best conferences in the country. And, you know, it's fun to have that competition every night and to have that excitement of a game of, you know, one great team against another great team and just playing against other top teams in the country, other top players in the country. 
and just the Pac-12 is a fun conference to play in. You know, we, we have the teams are it's like so so much of an unknown. You can't just assume one team will beat another team because the teams are just too talented and every team is good. Every team has their own identity. They have their own type of team chemistry where that like their identity that stands them out in a sense. And it's fun. The Pac-12 tournament is when, you know, one of my favorite tournaments to play into because, you know, we're all in the same place, playing the same arena. You know, you when you're not playing at night, you get to watch other great teams play and you get to learn and soak in. And it's just it's, it's a really fun conference to watch. Every single Pac-12 team is talented. Yeah, probably the best women's basketball conference in the country. And it's going to be exciting to watch you guys this Friday against UCLA and next week in Las Vegas in the Pac-12 tournament. What are you hoping to get out of that tournament as a team? Oh, right off the bat, we're hoping to win. You know, always, always want to win. You're super competitive. But also just making a run in bringing our game and competitiveness to every single game that we play. You know, we have to, it's on the national board. You know, we make a stand. We tell people, hey, we are USC. We're here. This is what we do. This is who we are. This is our identity. And going into that tournament, we expect to go in prepared, go in and take care of business and learn from the process, enjoy the process and to compete. Finally, Shalexis, Aaron, before I let you go, in your redshirt freshman year, you moved into fifth on the USC all-time women's list in three-point percentage in a season in USC history. And you passed your associate head coach, my first guest today, Erica Hughes, and she said how happy she is for you and all her players. But do you ever talk a little trash and say that you one-upped her? Come on, be honest. You know what's crazy? I didn't know that. Really? No, I didn't know that. At First of all, I didn't know Coach A was on the all-time three-point list for USC. I didn't know that. But now that I do, and now that you say that, yeah, I probably am. <laughs> <laughs> so I apologize, Erica Hughes, that now Shalexis Aaron may be talking a little <laughs> bit of trash to you about how her percentage that year topped yours in the all-time USC ranks. So you got to look up your record sometime, Shalexis. You're a sniper. You got to let Erica know that. I got you. I got you. I got you. Will do. Well, Shalexis, it's been my honor to have you on just talking about your journey, all the tough times you've had, but now trying to be a successful person at USC, both on and off the court. And I really enjoyed talking to you today. Best of luck against UCLA and next week in Las Vegas. Pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much for having me. I had a lot of fun and I really, really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. And again, before we go, let everyone know how they can connect with you on social media. Yeah, absolutely. My Twitter handle is at Shalexus, S-H-A-L-E-X-X-U-S. And then my Instagram handle is Shalexus underscore Aaron. So it'd be S-H-A-L-E-X-X-U-S underscore A-A-R-O-N. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at Nara Wang Sports, N-A-R-A-W-E-N-G Sports. And the show, you can subscribe and rate it wherever you get your favorite podcasts and at B-L-E-A-V.com, Believe.com, on social media at Believe Podcasts as well. So, for my guests, Erica Hughes and Shalexis Aaron, I'm Nara Wang. Thanks for joining us for episode 22 of the Everything USC podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, Los Angeles' number one sports podcast network, the only place with a show for every team in L.A. and more. We believe in our team's Do you believe? 
And as I end every show, please remember to fight on. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.